This is M Black Writes, a podcast for people who love stories, and I'm your host, M Black. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. This episode is going to be full of laughs. I got more submissions for this episode than I ever have before. So you are going to get to hear so many of those submissions just straight as they were submitted. And you'll get to hear three of them as stories. And I've got an awesome co-host with me on the show today. Her name is Kelly Heil. She runs her own podcast called Moms Who Create Podcasts. And I was a guest on her podcast a while ago and we became quick friends. And in this episode, you will hear how much fun we have hanging out together And I'm excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit more and her personality. Not only is she a podcast host, but she is also a children's book author. Hi, McKenna. Thanks for having me on your podcast. This is so much fun. And this is the first podcast I've been on that's not my podcast. So thank you for having me. I think yours actually was the first one that I was on besides my own. I've been on another one since then, though. So, so far I've been on too, but yours was the first and it was so much fun, which is why I wanted to invite you to, to be on mine. So will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your podcast. Tell us about your book. Just give us the rundown. Okay. Well, I'm Kelly. I am from a small town in the Midwest. Um, and I am a mom of two little girls, very smart little girls and sticky little girls. <laughs> um, I wrote one children's book so far. Well, I have other ones I'm doing, but you know how it is. You have like a hundred things you're writing in the back. But yeah. It takes, it takes a, a while for them to come mm-hmm. to fruition. So, but I have one called My Day at the Art Museum. It's a children's book about a little girl named Charlotte after my daughter who goes to an art museum and uh, at the end decides she wants to be a famous artist too and just kind of inspires her to be an artist. I host a podcast called Moms Who Create and um, on the podcast I interview moms from all over the world, writers, artists, um, everything in between. Moms who just do something creative and really kind of go after their their goals and their passions and their dreams And basically, we talk about how it's completely possible to live your creative dream life and also be a mom and change 53 diapers that same day. (laughs) Because being a mom, you know, comes with that stigma that, okay, you're a mom, like, that's pretty much all you can do. You can't be an artist, you can't be a writer, you know, until they get older or whatever. So that's what I'm kind of trying to push aside and show people that you can totally thrive and do what you want to do as far as like achieve your goals. Um, and you, you can still do that even though you're a mom. So I just want to inspire other moms and that's what I'm doing through my podcast. So hopefully that's what I'm doing as I interview cool moms like you. <laughs> Having you on my podcast was so awesome. So, so yeah, I'm just showing others that with a little dedication and intentional living, it's possible to live your best creative life. So that's my podcast in me. Table of Contents. 
Story number one, it's not mustard. Special segment number one, big yuck, a collection of submissions about gross things kids have done. Story number two, brew and a spew. Special segment number two, booby stuff, a collection of submissions all about mommery and mammaries. Story number three, bad word birthday. Special segment number three, Shh, don't say that. A collection of submissions about kids swearing or talking about body parts. Special segment number four. Favorite fictional fathers. Because what do moms love more than dads? It's Not Mustard, a story inspired by true events written by M. Black. I'm going to blame it on the sleep deprivation. I was running on three hours of broken up sleep that day. No formula I tried seemed to keep Delilah's stomach troubles at bay. I'd gone to the store because of a new formula recommendation from my pediatrician, but I snatched a few staple items from the shelves as well, stuffing them into the bottom basket of Delilah's stroller as I went. The rhythmic motion of wheels on tile had lulled her into an almost sleep. I thanked the heavens above for the invention of a click-in car seat to stroller combo. When we were finished, I could detach the car seat from the stroller and clip it into the car for a smooth, no-fuss transition. Delilah was my first baby, and while I was learning some tricks, I was definitely still in the working out the kinks and doing my best to survive mode. The only word I can think of to describe myself on that day is bedraggled. There was spit up on my shirt, my sweatpants were hiding an uncomfortable bloody mess beneath them, and all of the hair that hadn't fallen off of my head yet was twisted into a half-hearted top knot. A small coup floated out of the stroller, and my face flushed vibrant with energy, if only for a split second. When we arrived at grocery lane number five, something had stirred Delilah from her sleepy stupor. The fussing started slow, like it always did, but I knew it was only a matter of minutes before the shrillness of her newborn cry would flood the store. To say I was antsy was an understatement. Did I pick the right lane? That one over there looks like it might be going faster. No, don't switch. If you do, this line will be the faster one. The squawks from the stroller were getting closer together. The pacifier was not doing its one job, which was to pacify. The second I was close enough, I fumbled for that little gray rubber divider and began tumbling my items onto the conveyor belt. I chewed my thumbnail and rocked the stroller back and forth as I tried not to stare daggers at the little old woman in front of me, whose clumsy fingers couldn't find the pennies in her coin purse. Finally, the sweet beep of the scanner. My turn. My card was out and I had the first plastic bag around my wrist before the cashier had finished. Uh, there's some mustard or something on this? The heavy-lidded teenage cashier held up a bottle of shampoo covered in a pale yellow substance. Do you want to go switch it? 
she questioned. I could almost hear my poor, dehydrated, little regrowth baby hairs pleading for it. I couldn't remember the last time I washed my hair. I waved a quick hand at the girl. Nah, never mind. I'm good without it. Your total is 6892. I shoved my card into the chip reader and my fingers flew across the grimy touchpad. As one, Delilah and the card reader wailed at me, one to remove my card, the other to remove her from the car seat. Do you want your receipt? I don't need it, thanks. My right arm sagged under the weight of the plastic bags as I sped out of the store and across the parking lot. Mustard? Hmm. I didn't buy mustard. The realization sucker-punched me as I skidded to a halt in front of my car. I squatted to the ground to have my suspicions immediately confirmed. Dripping from the slats of the undercarriage of the car seat and into the stroller basket below was the same pale yellow color the cashier had incorrectly identified as mustard on the shampoo bottle. The mother of all blowouts. I was oddly serene as I loaded the groceries, cleaned up the mess, fastened Delilah into the car, and silently drove away. I want you to know that for a minute I at least thought about going back inside to tell the clerk what happened. But only for a minute. This segment is called Big Yuck. And it is a collection of submissions from moms about gross things that their children have done. And I'm going to read one and then Kelly's going to read one. So I'll read the first one. She said, We went through a poop smearing phase for about six or seven months from ages one and a half to a little after two. Oh, the horror, the humanity. He's three now, but I'll never forget that first time. I had him in a little baby jail set up in the playroom. He had goldfish and some Hot Wheels while I was doing some chores. Suddenly, I hear this giggling and excited grunting. Now, my son wasn't verbal until the last few months, but he could sign some things and poop was one of them. Oh, when I came around the corner to a little boy dipping his goldfish into the poo he had massaged into the carpet. It hadn't been long since I had peeked in on him. How could this have happened so fast? Baby Jail was smeared. He had driven his Hot Wheels through it and had a perfect little Nike swoop on his forehead. <laughs> with a literal shit-eating grin, he signed poop with his little brown stinky thumb proudly in the air. I couldn't help it. I gagged. I called my husband at work and put him on speaker while I bathed the boy and cried a little. Boy is now clean. Where's the dog? Where else but enjoying the free goldfish in baby gel? From there, I had to clean the floor and baby gel while wrangling a boxer and a toddler. Guys, please stop eating the poo fish. This is how we get pink eye. <laughs> If you have a kid, it's just inevitable. There's going to be poo experiences, which you will see in this segment because almost every single one of them is about poo. But I've never had my kid eat it. Have you? Mm -mm. Uh, no. Yeah, my daughters have never – I don't – maybe they have mature palates. Maybe it's like cilantro. You either like it or you don't like it. <laughs> All right. Go ahead with the next one. Okay. One lovely Saturday afternoon, I was half asleep on the sofa, and my 20-month-old son was playing, loitering around. 
I opened my eyes to see that he had pulled down his nappy, grabbed poop from his bottom, and was slapping his hands together. I sit up dazed and confused and started shouting, no, no, no. <laughs> he was alarmed, so he started crying, and he tried to come for a cuddle. I managed to escape him and ran to the bath. Luckily, he chased after me without standing anywhere else apart from his clothes. A poop clap. That is... <laughs> you know, when you clap, it probably started, like, like flying everywhere. Yes. Ew. I like the visual. I can see it. <laughs> right. The next one says, My son, when he was about four months old, was on the changing table and managed to do an exploding poo that hit the wall four feet away. While I stood there in shock and terror, he proceeded to pee and vomit. <laughs> that kid had to have been sick, right? Like, all yeah. all three of those at once, He's he's got to be, got to be sick. It's, it gives me the exercise. You can just see, like, his little head, like, <laughs> No, that had oh. to be awful. Oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> okay, number four says... My son is now 13, and we still sing, no more toilet seats on my head. Why? Because he wore a training potty seat on his head, 31, and it got stuck. And we had an emergency trying to get it off. I was the hot mess. Called hubby, who was an hour away, screeching. The shower got it off, thank goodness, but I was a mess. Tired and overwhelmed. Hot mess. <laughs> what I love about this one is how, like, at the end, she just starts speaking in, like, these very, like, short, like, phrases. Like, it's like, as she's typing, she's getting tired of it, like, just recalling the memory. She's, like, tired and overwhelmed. Hot mess. <laughs> okay, the next one says... I was helping my sister and brother-in-law move into their new house. At the time, my son was potty training, and he went into one of the kids' bedrooms, squatted over the vent, and relieved his number two. The vent was not only screwed to the floor, but the lazy landlord painted over the screws. Let's just say it took all day to clean up. <laughs> okay, when I was like four, I did this. <laughs> you, you pooped in, a, in the vent? I didn't poop. Oh. <laughs> I peed. Like, I, I read this and I was like, this is like, this brings back memories, which is awful. But yeah, no, someone was in my bathroom at home and I remember this and I had on overalls and I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And I didn't know how to take my overalls off. So oh I was like, it's all vet on the floor. And I was like, well, it all probably goes together underground. So, so I squatted over that, and most of it just stayed in my pants because, you know, I have my overalls, and they're thick. But I thought the vent went down the same place that the toilet went down, so I feel for this child. <laughs> I like this one because it's just, this is it. My daughter pulled a huge poop out of her diaper and came and set it on my hand. Have you seen those, um like TikToks or reels that that are like I heard that if you just start handing your husband stuff while he's on the phone he'll just take it I have and they just hold it as they're talking and they're yeah like, them, like a microwave or something <laughs> yeah like, like that's what I imagine like she's distracted and her daughter just hands her this poop and she just like doesn't know that she has poop in her hand oh man this next one is really short and sweet too and probably something that like a lot of moms have dealt with this same scenario my son took poop out of his diaper and smeared it on the wall 
I feel like, like, my kid is not like this, but I hear of a lot of other kids being poop smears. I mean, as we've seen from these submissions, like, I have, this is not something I have experienced at all, and I'm so happy that I have it, but I feel like it, it's a real thing that a lot of people go through, <laughs> and yeah, I'm just glad I'm not I hear one about of them. It all the time. I know it's just crazy to me. I I would not handle that well as a parent. Like I think the worst thing that I've experienced as a parent, like for me personally, is potty training. Yeah, I'm potty training my two year old, and she will like say I don't have to poop, and I'm like try, and she tries, and she does it, and then she'll stand up, go in her room, and just poop in her bowl. Yes. And I'm like, Yes, this is exactly what my son yeah. did too. Like he, it's so hard. It's so, yeah. I hate potty training. It's the worst thing ever. Okay. I went in to check on my daughter and she had been digging in her bum hole and there was poop <laughs> on her hand. I chose, I chose this one just because of the way they said it. Like I thought it was so funny. <laughs> she had been digging in her bum hole. I don't know. <laughs> so like polite. <laughs> yeah. The next one says, <laughs> Pooped in an empty toy bucket and hid it in the closet. Didn't find it for two days. Oh, I don't, I just don't like that smell. No. I feel so sad. Well, and I feel like, I almost feel like kids poop is more potent smelling than than adult poop. And that's probably not true. It's probably just because we have to like get so up and close and personal with it that it seems... More, but like if my son has an accident, like say it is just the teeniest, tiniest, like not a full accident, like literally a streak, a tiny little streak in his underwear. I'm not kidding when I say I have to change his entire outfit because every item he is wearing smells like it. Yeah. Like you can't just change the underwear. The pants are done too, and sometimes the shirt stinks too. Like, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's potent. It's so bad. I bet she I bet she had to throw away the bucket. Yo, for sure that bucket's in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> One of my twins pooped in the Disney World parking lot. She was sound asleep in the umbrella stroller, then woke up wide eyed and said she had to go potty. There was nothing but a concrete forest around and no shelter. We were one of the last cars. Long story short, it wasn't pee. <laughs> there needs to be like a Disney World mom thread of things your kids have done there and you try to cover up like pooping in the parking lot because i'm sure it happens oh it has to the amount of people that go there with kids stuff has to be happening all the time all right the last one says my son was playing in the tub and having a bath i brought my laptop and headphones it was a whole chill mood him splashing me riding i lost track of time He was 20 months old and not potty trained, so he pooped in the tub and continued playing. I look up to see him trying to load a turd onto the play boat. (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) The worst poop story I can think of with my son, he was, (laughs) I want to say maybe like a little less than two. He, He had got out of the bath And I hadn't dressed him yet. So he was just like cruising around naked for a minute while I found him a diaper and some some clothes and stuff. And he climbed up onto our couch. And the arms of our couch are like kind of flat. So you can like stand right on them if you are a small person. And he climbs up onto the arm of the couch, squats, and just 
swirls of poop right there onto the arm of the couch. It was, oh, it was so bad. It was disgusting. And like me and my husband both just watch like it was like almost in slow-mo like we like turn we see him it's just coming out we're like no <laughs> oh, it, was so, it was so bad <laughs> and the couch was like fairly new too like we hadn't had oh, it no. for for very long so That's it was the worst it was disgusting kids are gross brew and a spew a story inspired by true events, written by M. Black. It started with a question. You're sick? I wasn't sure how it came across. I wanted it to sound concerned, not suspicious. But I feared it was leaning more in that direction. The timing couldn't be worse. Yeah... My throat is killing me and I have body aches. I held the phone away from my face and threw a miniature, silent temper tantrum before resting it against my chin again. Get some rest. Feel better. My thumb jabbed the end call button forcefully. The time read 8.27. I had 33 minutes until my meeting at Java House. I glanced skeptically at my son, whose arms and legs flailed about happily from the bouncer seat in which he was resting. The client was not the ideal candidate for this type of situation, and I needed to land this deal. Last week I had pitched designs for baby boomer daycare. If my babysitter had fallen ill at the last minute then, not a drop of sweat would have left me. Heck, taking Carson might have even sealed the deal quicker. But this, well, this was different. I was surprised I had received the call at all. Wallace Manor, a private men's social club, needed one of their lush meeting rooms redecorated. I had no idea what the place looked like inside, but I couldn't get two words out of my head. Burgundy and mahogany. You wouldn't think that something as simple as getting in the car would be such a daunting task. But when it sprung on you that your three-month-old is tagging along, it is. Ten minutes had gone by before I had a fully stocked diaper bag and my business bag organized with samples lined up by the door. If I wanted to make it to the coffee shop on time, I had exactly seven minutes to have Carson's diaper changed, clothes on, strapped into his car seat, and everything loaded into the car. This was no small feat, but I breathlessly backed out of my driveway at 8.49. The bell above the glass door of the Java Hut tinkled as my pencil-skirted rear end nudged it open. The car seat clunked against the glass, and my left shoulder complained under the weight of the two bags. It wasn't the most graceful entrance, but I sat down across from Daniel Wallace at 9.03. Daniel wasn't the original Daniel, or even the sequel. He was Daniel Wallace III. The Wallace men had been the proprietors of the elite and exclusive club since its opening in 1952. The club was shrouded in mystery for those of us who A, had no money, and B, had a hoo-ha instead of a dingling. I always wondered what went on inside, and when my imagination filled in the gaps, it was seedy and misogynistic. I saw gray-haired men smacking the butts of cocktail waitresses who were wearing skippy French-made uniforms and doling out brandy served in short, thick glasses. I hated the whole thing. But... 
They were going to pay me a pretty penny for a one-room design, and my sorry butt, while it may not be getting sexually harassed, needed the money. However, sitting across from Daniel now in his perfectly tailored suit, dumb pocket square, and flawlessly styled brunette waves that would give Dr. McDreamy a run for his money, my thoughts turned dark. I would not bow to him. I would not let him make me feel small. Not even a trace of a giggle would escape me during this meeting. The first step was not to apologize for bringing my baby. I set my bags on the left of my chair and a snoozing Carson still strapped into his car seat on the chair next to me. Ah, look at the little man. Daniel stood up slightly from his chair to get a closer look. I love his outfit, navy blue, a power color. He's dressed to impress. He also has a pink one with flamingos on it, but it was covered in spit up. I blurted out. Daniel returned to a sitting position. Cool. I have a pink golf shirt. My lips set in a thin line. I bet you do. What's his name? Carson. Love that. Like the fur trapper. My head twitched. What? Kit Carson. Legendary American frontiersman from the 1800s. It's my grandmother's maiden name. The barista stopped by our table with a pad and pen. What can I get for you two today? I'll take a flat white with regular milk and steamed milk. And you? He gestured toward me. It's my treat. I'll take a hot chocolate and a separate check, please. Daniel smiled. Okay, okay, I hear you, Miss Independent Blazer-wearing businesswoman. Not a coffee drinker. I'm breastfeeding. I grinned fiendishly. Gotta watch my caffeine. Ah, he nodded. Gotcha. A strange expression somewhere between a smirk and a grin settled on his face as he gawked at me from across the table. What? I was ice. You seem different than you were in high school. My stomach swirled. You remember me from high school? Daniel scoffed. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? I shook my head in disbelief. I don't know. I changed the subject. So tell me about this room. I've pulled some sample fabrics to get us started. I rummaged in my bag, then revealed the swatches of deep-toned power colors, as Daniel would have referred to them. Hmm, was all he muttered. Not what you were thinking? I think this sort of stuff would fit well with what we've already got in the older parts of the club. But I'm surprised. This seems atypical of you. I grimaced. What would you know about me? He waved his hands in front of him apologetically. Nothing. I don't. I just mean, I've looked over your website. It's all light and airy. Calming. This is giving me commanding vibes. I folded my arms across my chest and felt a twinge of soreness. I needed to feed Carson soon. I guess I just don't understand what kind of vibes you're looking for. What is the purpose of the room? It's a daddy room. Okay. I stood up abruptly, my mind swimming with terrible ideas of what might occur in the daddy room of a men's club, and began clearing my swatches. I don't think I'm the right person for this job. Huh? Are you serious? I chose you because I think you're the perfect person for this job. I mean, you brought your baby with you to the meeting for hell's sake. If anyone would know how to design a room for the guys to take care of their babies, it's you. I sat back down, dumbstruck. Carson stirred a little in the car seat. Tell me what you want in this room. 
a changing station, a nap area, comfortable rockers, a mini fridge to store milk, a play area for toddlers and older kids, a little reading nook, maybe a TV to watch while feeding and burping. But I want it to have a clean, calm, organized look. Do a lot of you bring your kids? He nodded. Some of our members are single dads who regularly bring their kids, but most of the younger crowd are very involved fathers. The old geezers are pretty loud about their complaints, but I'm in charge now and I want the place to be functional and welcoming to the modern man. I laughed, head shaking. <laughs> Daniel freaking Wallace III. This is entirely not how I thought this meeting was going to go. I pulled my iPad from my bag. I haven't brought anything matching what you've described, but we can go through some pieces here and I can throw together some digital mock-ups. He smiled, relieved. Great. I really thought you were about to storm out of here. I'm not bailing on you yet. I offered the iPad across the table. Here, swipe through this gallery and click the green check on anything you like and we can work from there. Carson was awake now, crying out in hunger. My muscle memory kicked in, and within a few seconds, he was out of his car seat, under a cover, and latched to me. I scanned Daniel for any sort of response. His eyes and his fingers were still tracing across the images on the iPad, seemingly unaffected. But not in a, I'm purposely averting my gaze because I'm uncomfortable sort of way that I was used to. He truly didn't seem phased. How many kids do you have, Daniel? Luckily enough for me, this town was populated enough I didn't have to know about the lives of people I went to high school with if I didn't want to. Daniel was someone I purposely hadn't kept up with. I assumed he'd run off to some Ivy League fraternity somewhere and eventually married a very blonde college girlfriend who liked to wear his old faded Yale or Harvard or whatever sweatshirt to make herself feel even more tiny than she already was. Six. Girls. He didn't look up from the iPad, which made it easy for me to hide my utter shock. Finally, he'd finished, flipped the case closed, and set the tablet on the table. My youngest is almost three months. She's part of the inspiration for this room. That's a lot of kids. It was the only intelligible thing I could muster. He laughed. It was kind of a rehearsed laugh, like he has to laugh that laugh a lot. Yeah, we are thinking of adding a few more. My eyebrows gave away my opinion on that matter, and he laughed again, this time more genuine. No, I'm joking. We are done. He made a scissor-snipping gesture with his fingers. And don't ask me if I'm sad that I don't have any boys, because I'm so over-answering that. I wouldn't think of it. I lied, because I definitely had been. I mean, he was the president of an all-men's club, after all. What happened next was nothing short of sudden and surprising. In one fell swoop, Carson came unlatched as a spasm of his tiny little arms sent the cover falling to the ground. My body wasn't prepared for the abruptness of all this, and the flow of milk was still at full force. It was one of those contradictory time moments. It happened quick, but I was experiencing it in slow motion, with a sorrowful opera ballad as background music. I witnessed the horror of a thin, white stream splattering across the table, sprinkling the iPad, and then climbing up the freshly pressed suit of Daniel Wallace III before its grand finale in which it plastered his face like it was being propelled from a tiny super soaker gun. But I still landed the job.
So this segment is called booby stuff. And the first one says, my firstborn wouldn't latch to breastfeed, so I pumped and bottle fed him. One very late night, I pumped and put the bottles on the table by the rocking chair, then proceeded to feed and rock him. I fell asleep rocking with him and woke up extremely thirsty, still groggy, half asleep, and in the dark, I grabbed my cup off the table, but it was not my cup. Not at all. Yep. Room temp breast milk. <laughs> not the greatest. <laughs> oh. So many moms have tasted their own breast milk. <clears throat> I was not one of those no. moms. No. So like, I'm okay. No. I'm good. I, like, whatever you want to do, like, if you're somebody who, like, drink your own stuff, good, good for you. Me, personally, yeah. like, I... Oh, that just makes me cringe. Like, I can't. I would gag. I I couldn't. I could not. Okay. I, I think that breastfeeding is cool and amazing. And it's crazy that our bodies can do this. But at the same time, it's so weird to me, too. Like, I remember when I was pregnant, I would just keep checking all the time. Like, okay, is there anything in there yet? Like, can anything come out yet? Like, I would be, like, in the shower and just, like do a little squeeze check, you know? And the day that the first time that something came out, I was like, what the heck? Like, it's just so weird. So, so weird. I mean, obviously it's, it's natural and what, and what we are built to do, but it, if you think about it, it is, it is strange. So natural. It feels so unnatural. I Exactly. Exactly. I, I agree. And there's some women who, feel so unnatural about it that they don't ever even try it like I know I know people personally who didn't even give a thought to ever even trying it they were just formula right out the gate which is like you do you whatever whatever works for you right but it's just it's crazy how there's just such a broad spectrum of how women feel feel about it you know and from such strong opinions. Just get your baby fed and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Okay. The next one. I'm going to read it just as boop. <laughs> okay. Boob out at Target after nursing. My baby had a blowout, so I hurried and changed him and went into Target. Had a nursing shirt, wore a boob part on zips, LOL. Kept getting all sorts of rude looks and was so confused. Finally, checking out at register, self-check, looked up at security cam and saw my boob. My boob, LOL, and about died, LOL. I'm pretty much a hot mess, 24-7, LOL. Oh, I love that, like, you, you started trying to read it, and you're just like, boob. And then both of us just start giggling, like, I feel like it's like, we're like middle school girls at a sleepover. Oh, it's true. Man, we're I... both moms, we've both done all this, but it's like, too bad. <laughs> oh, so funny. I can't imagine walking funny. through an entire store just exposing everybody. No. Like, that's. I actually, I actually, when I have nightmares, that is a recurring theme in my nightmares like when I'm like really stressed out and so I have like a bad dream that's something that always happens but mine happen at the pool and so in the town where I live 
um, there's a new like fancy rec center, but there used to be this old pool. It was just like this rectangle pool, nothing fancy. But in my dream, I'm always at that old pool and I look down and for some reason I don't have a swimsuit top. <laughs> it's just gone. I can't find it. All my friends are there. Like I'm like a kid at the pool, but also I'm an adult. I don't know. It's that's it's, funny. It's, Either yeah. way, you're just like having a freak out moment. Where's my top? Yeah. <laughs> yep. The next one says, there's the time after baby number one was maybe nine months old or so when my husband and I were finally going to have a romantic moment alone and a Cheerio fell out of my bra. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's something that would happen on like a romantic comedy, like a romantic parenting mm-hmm. comedy, you know, that's like totally movie. Like it sounds made up, you know, <laughs> but also totally real and relatable. I mean, my kid doesn't really eat Cheerios, but something else could fall out of my bra, like goldfish or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she just ate it and then just continued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like no hesitation, like just eat it and keep going. <laughs> the next one i was in my office and forgot to put the bags on the pumps and pumped milk right onto my pants (laughs) so this one oh man i forgot to add the extra part onto it she's actually sent more than one message so she sent this originally and then she sent another one and she said that (laughs) she did this and then she did the same thing again the next day like, she no. did it twice in a row, and she sent me a picture. Like, she took a picture of her <laughs> pants when it happened. So you just see, like, these jeans, and they're just, like, on oh. her thighs, just covered, like, two huge wet spots. Oh. <laughs> and, like, you're, you're, you're at so work. Mad. You're at work, and, like, how do you just, like, emerge from your office and, like, explain, like, <laughs> what is on your pants? Uh, what's on your what's on your pants hopefully she just works with a with a lot of women and then they just be like oh that's funny yeah but i would just be sad that i wasted some breast milk i know isn't it's liquid gold gold. like you cannot waste a drop or it is incredibly upsetting especially if you're somebody who doesn't produce a lot at one time like i remember pumping and just being so, like, devastated at the end. Like, I was sitting there with that pump on me for, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. And then you look at yeah. the bottle and you're like, that's, that's it? That, that's yeah. all? It's oh. not fair. Yeah. Okay. Next one says, my friend was sitting in my yard breastfeeding in an old lawn chair. The chair broke and she fell down. <laughs> I just feel, <laughs> I feel for the baby. In this one. Like, what happened to the baby? Like, I'm sure, like, her maternal instincts, like, really kicked in and she was grabbing onto the baby, like, protecting the baby. But still, (laughs) that's, like, you're just eating and then all of a sudden you're just free falling. (laughs) Scary. I hope hope the baby didn't have teeth or, like, Oh, and I'm gripping, like, I'm falling, ah, gripping with his teeth. The baby's just, like, hanging off on the side of his teeth. Okay. I was feeding at a basketball game when my son came and ripped the blanket off to see the baby and a few of the high school kids saw my boobs. So I actually got multiple submissions about, 
I mean, there was the Target one, but then there, there was like a lot about people accidentally exposing their, their boobs after, after breastfeeding. It's so easy to do. Oh, I know. Like, I don't know. It's so, I hated when I was breastfeeding, I hated breastfeeding in public because everyone's opinions on it are so different and varied and you just feel like you have to be so covered up but then you also feel like you are smothering your baby and it's just such a like difficult process i i rarely breastfed around other people like when i didn't breastfeed for a very long time so most of the time that i did breastfeed i was at home anyway so Okay, the next one says, when I was on maternity leave with my first and he was just a few weeks old, I decided to take him out for our first solo adventure. I wanted to take a nice walk in our downtown Riverwalk area. The walk was beautiful and we had no issues until we got back to the car. I wanted to feed him before going back home. You know that first few weeks of breastfeeding when it just hurts while you get used to it? Well, he latched and started eating. Shortly after he latched, I started to feel comfortable. I had a very sudden and very urgent need to poo. <laughs> it was bad. I started squirming and trying to distract my body because I wanted him to finish eating. Eventually, I knew I couldn't hold it much longer, so I unlatched him, which made him start screaming. I got out of the car and tried to put him in his car seat while I'm hanging around saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> A couple walked by while I was doing this, and I'm sure they thought I was crazy. Eventually, eventually, I couldn't hold it in anymore and yelled out, no! <laughs> and, and squatted and totally shit my pants. I mean, shit. No hard logs, but runny shit. I started crying. Finished buckling in my son and drove home with the two of us crying our eyes out. When I got home, I went straight to the bathroom, kept my baby in his car seat facing the shower while I ripped off the clothes and took a quick shower to wash up. Uh, the worst. I really hope that couple didn't see me completely shit my pants, but I was crying and was so loud and there was no way they didn't turn around to see what the hell was going on. <laughs> this one... This one reminds me of, have you seen Bridesmaids? Yes. Yes. So After they ate and then went to try on Bridesmaids. <laughs> yes. And, and, and she's like running across the street in her wedding dress and she's like, no, no, no. And then she just squats in the street. <laughs> the, 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 this gave me those same, same vibes of like Bridesmaids pooping in the street. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for her. I just if you're listening and, and this is you message me so I can send you a coffee <laughs> because I just this had to be so just embarrassing just straight up embarrassing to go through like even if nobody knew like even if that couple walking by didn't know what was actually happening like you know oh, you yeah. know like the shame it's just oh poor lady <laughs> It's also hilarious. It's so funny. So funny. (laughs) Bad Word Birthday. A story inspired by true events written by M. Black. When it comes to shock and awe, two-year-olds know how to bring the house down. 
It was William's second birthday, and the party was in full swing. Twisted streamers and primary colors garnished the banisters. Balloons swayed gently as they hung from the ceiling. The living room buzzed with family and friends. Polly leaned over the kitchen island, hastily spearing two candles into a race car cake she'd baked and decorated that morning. Are you worried that he's two now and still not really talking? No, as his mother, I've never even contemplated his speech delays. Thank you for your enlightenment. Polly's thoughts were dripping with sarcasm and contempt for her mother-in-law, who was hovering over her shoulder. It's his birthday. I don't really want to talk about this right now. Polly lit the candles and left the kitchen without looking back. Happy birthday to you. The crowd joined in on the birthday song, and William clapped gleefully behind the coffee table as the cake was placed in front of him. When the song ended, he attempted a blow at the candles that was more like a spray. The flames faltered, but remained. Another spit-filled try, then another. The candles burned on. Oh, F, William said, with a speech impediment and a grimace. Except, he didn't really say F. That's the edited version. No, little William dropped the F-bomb right there in the spotlight of his second birthday party. The room went wild with laughter. Well, at least he can say that, Polly shrugged. This segment is called Shh, Don't Say That, and it is about kids saying bad words or embarrassing, funny things. The first one says, I've got so many from this week alone. The one that stuck out the most is when I told my boyfriend that my 20-month-old was trying to touch my cat's butthole, (laughs) and safe to say, she learned a new word. You have to be so careful about, like, what you say in front of your kids. It took a while before we, like, really realized, like, oh, like, he's listening now. Like, he's listening and he's repeating. (laughs) Right. Anything and everything you say. Like, we were at the store a few, what was it, like, last week. And, um, oh, it was, like, this little country store, old people all around, like, oh, your kids are so cute. And it was, like, silent in there. And my daughter goes really loud, Mom, I'm going to poop on your head. (laughs) And then then I say, why would you say that in public? Which makes it sound like at home we poop on each other's heads. And it was just, so it wasn't like cussing, but it was still like, oh my goodness, why? Okay, I'll read the next one. When my daughter was three, my husband was walking around in his boxer briefs. She walked up, grabbed it, and said, what you got in there? (laughs) He never walked around the house without pants on again. <laughs> oh, man. Kids are like... It's so funny, like, how curious kids are about, like, bodies and, and stuff. And they're just so, like, innocent. <laughs> but they right. do the funniest, the funniest stuff. Okay. My 16-year-old was three-ish when this happened. It was around Halloween and we went to a craft store. A display was set up inside the door. Her face lit up and she pointed at the witch in the center of this display and said rather loudly, Look, mommy, a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Which we didn't know she was saying that. No, she has no idea, but it's like... (laughs) 
<laughs> just yelling that in the middle of the store. And... <laughs> so funny. Oh, so funny. Okay, the next one. My son always tells people to look at his beans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I <laughs> like. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> Like what? I what? How does that come up in conversation? Like he's just like, look at him. <laughs> uh, so funny. Okay, we use anatomically correct names with my son. So mom has an eight by nine. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be honest. I don't get this. What does this mean? What what is the, what are they saying? So like. Basically, this is this is how I interpreted it. Is so she said that they use anatomically correct names with their son, which means like she would have taught him what it, the female genitalia is called. Oh, so and he doesn't know how to pronounce it, so oh. he's saying <laughs> an eight by nine. Why did I not get that? <laughs> I love that. It sounds like the kids from like Brooklyn. That's my mommy's Ava Nana. <laughs> Walking up to our cruise, and two-year-old said, that's a big A boat. <laughs> Just yelling it. <laughs> it reminds me of, of Finding Nemo, like, he's gonna touch the butt. <laughs> This segment is called Favorite Fictional Fathers, and I have made a list of some of my favorite fictional fathers, and so has Kelly. My first one, I have to admit, I feel like I cheated a little bit on the first one because technically he is not a father. He does not have any actual biological children in the show, but he is a father figure in the show. Do you watch The X-Files? Yes. Me and my husband, yes. we bond over the X-Files. Oh. We we basically pay for Hulu only to watch the X-Files all the time. But my first one is Walter Skinner from the oh. X-Files. I love him. And I know he's not a dad, but I feel like he's a father figure to Scully and Mulder. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? That's, that's a good choice yeah well I he was the first one that I thought of just because every time I watch it I'm like man Skinner (laughs) okay tell me your first one okay these aren't in any particular order mine aren't either I I just saved my favorite for last so okay (laughs) but I will start out with Peter McAllister from Home Alone okay I'm pulling up a photo okay he obviously kept leaving Kevin at home so he's not like the world's best father but he has a lot of kids he's giving them a great life and he seems very calm and patient so I like him plus I just love home alone so I love home alone too but I do I do shake my head at the parents though like the fact that they keep like how do they just keep leaving him just like like, keep track of him (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, so here's a picture of him and he like, he looks very like his hair's nice. He's got a fancy jacket and you're right. I do feel like he's calm. Like I don't feel like the mom is very calm at all, but he is a, he's a calming 
presence, I would say, for sure. Okay, my next one is Charles Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. He, like, he's ultimate dad, isn't he? That's, you see, you're, like, digging deep. I know. These are already so good. He is a wonderful dad. Yeah, and look at him in this picture. I mean, he's, he's, like... A man's man, you know, he's got a he's got a hammer in his hand, he's wearing suspenders, he's all dirty. <laughs> he doesn't wear skinny jeans, he's a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. What's your next one? Uh Andy Taylor from the Andy Griffith show. Oh I love that. I like a lot of old shows too. I would watch them with my family and so the Andy Griffith show was one of the top ones and he is a wonderful dad and just a wonderful guy all around so definitely Andy Taylor so here's here's why I love him one is because he reminds me a lot of my grandpa like I don't know something about his face or like the way he speaks reminds me a lot of my grandpa so I always like gravitated towards him because of that but also I am very partial to people with dimples because I have dimples and he, he, like you can see in this picture, like, look at that very yeah. nice, deep, deep dimple. And like, he's just like the greatest single dad taking care of his son. Yeah. And, and, and I would say taking care of the whole town. He's like the father of Mayberry too. Is that what it's called? Mayberry? Yeah, Mayberry. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the father of Mayberry basically. So that was a great choice. Okay. My next one is Tristan Ludlow from Legends of the Fall. Have you ever seen this movie? No, I have not seen this movie. Every time I ever ask anyone if they have seen this movie, they tell me no. And it is one of my favorite movies. It is highly dramatic. Like, a little bit ridiculous. A little bit. So there's there's this family of three brothers. And this woman has a romantic relationship with all three brothers. So she starts out. She gets brought home by the youngest brother. And they're going to get married. Um, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but something happens so that they do not get married. And then she ends up with Tristan, which is the middle brother. And they are very, very in love. But then also something happens where they don't get married either. And then there's the oldest brother and she ends up marrying the oldest brother. And Tristan ends up marrying this other woman and they have kids and he is the cutest dad like there's this scene where they are at I think it's like a fourth of July carnival or something and he has his kid like up on his shoulders while his wife holds his other kid's hand and they're just like this cute little family and and I love Brad Pitt Brad Pitt is yes that is Brad Pitt and and he cries a lot in this movie and I feel like (laughs) Brad Pitt has the perfect crying face for for movies (laughs) And I like a guy who, who's not afraid to cry, so. Uh, same. Same. Go, so who's your next one? Uh, to keep it kind of old school, Ward Cleaver from Leave it to Beaver. Uh, I didn't watch that very much. I mean, I have seen it, but not a whole lot. So tell me about him. What's he like? He's very uh, patient, kind. Now, he is very, like, you know, 19, what was it? I think it was, like, late 50s early 60s 
Um, so it was very like a traditional father role, but mm-hmm. you know, he just wanted the best four sons just to be good boys, you know, respectable people of society. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was a good husband except for one episode whenever he was like really hungry and June was making dinner. He was like, I'm starving. When's dinner done? He like yelled at her. And I was oh, like, no. uh, no. <laughs> but besides that moment, he's an excellent classic dad. And look at him. Like, doesn't look at him in his suit and his hair. Like he just looks like an excellent classic dad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My next one is Lee Abbott from A Quiet Place. I really, really loved John Krasinski. First of all, I loved him in The Office. Um, and I love, a, a lot of people don't like A Quiet Place, but I really, really do like it. And I like him as the dad in A Quiet Place. I feel like, well, one, I love that him and his real life wife, Emily Blunt, are in the movie together as a married couple. But I feel like they... They're in this super, super intensely life-threatening, stressful situation, like basically at all times, but they coordinate together so well. They are like the best teammates. And I need to see it. I haven't seen it. Oh, you should see it. It's I need to. Okay, what's your next one? Okay. Are you ready for this one? Yes. Mufasa. <gasps> Okay, you know how I said that we were going to, like, compare if we had anybody the same? Did you pick Mufasa? I did not pick Mufasa, but I so did much. pick Simba. Okay. So, tell me tell me why you feel Mufasa is... Well, he literally died saving his son. True. This is true. And I think, period. <laughs> like, that's amazing. It's like, it's like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mufasa's not like Jesus. I'm not comparing but um like he just was oh he would just seemed like the best dad and he just seemed like he was just so he loved Simba you could tell he liked to play with him teaching him how to um pounce and then he just went out trying to save him when he told Simba over and over not to do the stupid stuff he did I know it's not Simba's fault you know I don't want to be Scar but (laughs) I don't want to be Scar (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like Mufasa was very wise also and always yes. Yes. um trying to teach Simba things. Uh yeah. I chose Simba, though adult Simba, because well have you ever seen Lion King too? Yes. So he is a father in that. And I don't think he always makes the best choices in in that movie. But I think that part of parenting is is making mistakes and then learning from it. And in the end, everything, everything becomes resolved. And also I just feel like as far as, um, cartoon characters go, like, I feel like Simba's an attractive cartoon character. (laughs) Like, And I feel like the scene, like, um, can you feel the love tonight between him and Nala? Like, isn't that the like first, like real, love scene like that any of us watched you know (laughs) and it like just made me want to grow up and and fall in love and and start a family (laughs) that's so funny because i'll see like cartoon characters and i'll tell my husband oh that's a cute whatever and like the dad he's not on my list but the dad from fancy nancy I don't know if you've seen Fancy Nancy, you have a boy, but he's, like, cute. He's, like, attractive. And my husband's like, you see, you think cartoon characters are attractive? Like, this is weird. <laughs> I'm like, 
guy. I don't care if he's a cartoon character. I know, that's how I am, too. Yeah, I I totally agree. All right, so I'm going to count that one, Simba, as mine. So what's your next one? Mine is... uh... Tim, the tool man, Taylor. <laughs> and we talked. We texted about this a little bit last night, and <laughs> I completely butchered. You, you're gonna have to tell me what's what's the actor's name that plays his son. Say it, because uh, I'm gonna mess Jonathan it up. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT. JTT. Okay, because I was just spouting off all sorts of wrong. Well, I had like half of the names right, but Kelly had to correct. <laughs> <laughs> you were mixing Tim Allen and him. Yes, I was, because I was calling t- <laughs> Timothy. Timothy, Timothy Taylor Thompson. <laughs> it's just a good name. It's a solid oh, name. <laughs> so funny. But uh, Tim Allen, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yes, I totally yeah. agree. Um, this is fun. I know. And I liked, I don't know, I liked the whole like premise of the show. Like I liked that he had this TV show where he was this tool man and and I liked his wife and like their dynamic even though they like it was like goofy and like they sometimes fought and stuff like I I feel like it was like realistic like it felt like my parents you know yeah it felt (laughs) kind of like just a real life yeah they were always butting heads yeah it just felt like I don't know it felt it felt like normal yeah besides that you know my dad wasn't on tv but (laughs) <laughs> it's not like my life okay so my next one is actually also named tim but it is tim lake from about time I haven't seen this. oh my gosh you haven't seen all the best movies this is my number one favorite movie of all time oh man i gotta see it it is okay. it just will make you feel so good so it's about time travel which if you've listened to my other episodes you know i'm partial to time travel and this is like my number one favorite time travel story so basically the men in this family are able to time travel like they just go in a closet and like close their eyes and they can <laughs> think of a place that they want to go and they can go back to it um but he he doesn't find out until he's older and like he has this very 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 cute relationship with his own dad like they have this best like closest bond and so his dad like teaches him that he can time travel and gives him like all these tips like go back and do every day over so there's this period of time where he he's married he has kids and he's kind of just like you know stuck in the monotony of life and like getting down on himself and so he decides to start going back and doing every day over and so like the first time he does it it just sucks you know he's like getting through the day everything sucks then he goes back and he does it again and he he can like use what he learned to make it not be as bad and like he goes through it with a fresh perspective and then he just starts like really just loving life and I think what happens is he stops, like he stops doing that and he just starts living every day like it was his second time going back and doing it again, if that makes sense. And that sounds really good. And and it's a love story, like so his his wife is um Rachel McAdams, who oh, I love. And they're in another time travel movie too. Yes. She's in Time Traveler's Wife, which I also love. And I almost put um, the husband from that movie on my 
on my list, but I decided not to. Yeah, she's in she's in Time Traveler's Wife, which I like that one too. But I don't yeah, like sure. it near as much as I like About Time. About Time is is way better. But I do like Time Traveler's Wife too. But anyway, yeah, he's and he's a great dad. Like they they end up having a few kids and and he's such a good dad to them, like very hands on and just loves loves his kids. Um yours are so like emotional and I'm like goofy well I don't feel like it I feel like I like I feel like I picked most of mine based off of what they look like <laughs> like I feel like I picked very shallow <laughs> okay did you say goofy 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 from the goofy movie oh he is so cute there's that oh. scene where they're like they're in the car like in the rain like everything has been a disaster and he has that soup and he opens oh, it with soup. his teeth yeah. what is it what does he call it I think it's High Dad Soup. Yeah, High Dad Soup. Oh, yeah, so yeah. cute. And it's, he is like such a good single dad. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the, like the top single dads because Max was not a very good child. He was no, he's, yeah. And Goofy just wanted to have fun and take him like on a road trip. And, and Goofy just loved and, him. I just want to go to a concert. Although, if like if it were me and I put myself in the same scenario, I would be very much Max, probably. Like, as a teenager. I would be yeah. annoyed of Goofy and how goofy and embarrassing he is and that I didn't get a go yeah. where I wanted sure. to go, you know. But Goofy is a very good dad. Very, very good dad. good dad. My next one is also a cartoon. And it is Thomas O'Malley. From the Aristocats. How's the song go? It's like, Giuseppe Casey, something, something. So he says five million names, which obviously I'm not good at names, so I should probably stop singing it because I'm going to butcher it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I love Thomas O'Malley because he's this very, you know, suave tomcat. And then he ends up mixed up with this single mother of three little kittens. And he just kind of like takes everything in stride and and helps them get back home and then just becomes part of their family like he totally just like his this crazy wild single life that he had now he's just this family man and because because he loves duchess and he loves the kids so so he just stepped into that father role yeah yeah when he didn't have to at all i mean there were just some some cats on the side of the road you know Literally. Literally. Cats on the side of the <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. I, my next one is the dad on Boy Meets World, Alan Matthews. Uh, I almost chose him too. Yeah. yeah. He was on my list, but then I had, I had too many and I had to start trimming people. And I trimmed him because I really didn't like watch that show a whole lot. I did, mm-hmm. but. It was one of my favorites. My. Favorites, like favorite favorites. My favorite part about that show was like later on when they went to college and they were like married and like living in this dorm together in college and I could not understand that concept at all. And I was like, how do I make this happen? Like how do I, like little kid, I was like, okay, how do I graduate high school, immediately get married and live in a dorm with my husband? Like how do I, how do I achieve what Corey and Topanga have? (laughs) Um, but I don't really remember the dad a whole lot. Like, I don't really remember what he was like. He was also, like, so many of these dads are just very, like, calm. Like, he was, like, super calm. And I feel like he was always, like, 
there was always a lesson, you know, in Boy Meets World, like, the, the, Corey was always, like, learning something, or Eric was, and he was kind of along, along with them to kind of show them, or talk to them at the end of the day about, like, the lesson or something that they learned, or Mm -hmm. just tell them that they're stupid, you know, just like a a boy-dad kind of thing, and, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost like the same thing as the dad on, kind of looks like him, too, the dad on Home Alone. Yeah, they do look similar. They do look very similar. That they have that very like '90s dad vibe. Right. If I was gonna choose a father figure from Boy Meets World, though, I would choose Mr. Feeney. Uh, I know, and I know he's not like I don't know if he has kids, and I know he's not like Corey's dad, but he is definitely a father figure to Corey. He's a father figure to all of those kids, like all of Corey and all of his friends in Topanga and everybody. Like, I feel like he's a good father figure to them. But I'm also very partial to like really good teachers in like movies and stuff because I am a teacher and so like I I love Mr. Feeney okay my next one is Jack Pearson from This Is Us I've only seen a little bit of This Is Us it looked way too emotional and I didn't think I could handle it because I (laughs) cried at anything yeah you would definitely cry I like him too from Gilmore Girls so I see that in my head too yes 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 I love him as Jesse from Gilmore Girls um, which is probably why I love This Is Us, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil This Is Us for you if you ever, like, intend to, to watch it, but I don't really watch it anymore. I don't even know if they're still making current episodes, but I don't really watch it anymore, and I stopped watching it when his character was less in the show. Like, I really was just watching it for him, mostly, so... He's a really great dad. Like they, so in the show they they adopt, they adopt three. Well, no, they they don't adopt three. They are gonna have triplets. One of their triplets passes away, and then they adopt this other baby that's at the hospital at the same time. So they still end up having triplets. Um, but he's just a really, really good dad, and he definitely has his issues, but like he works through them for for his family and. And he loves his family, and yeah, I love him. He sounds like a good dad. Good choice. Who's your next one? Uh, my next one is again going from a really emotional one to Stew Pickles from the Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Rugrats. Yes, I. That was like my favorite cartoon when I was little. I used to like. I remember it was probably like third grade. I was older. And this one kid was like said something about Rugrats. I was like, you don't like Rugrats? And I was, I think, and this wasn't me as a kid. I was a shy, very like straight A, quiet student. But I was like, I'm going to beat you up if you say again you don't like the Rugrats. Because <laughs> I was like, I just love Tommy Pickles. I still love Tommy Pickles. I could still sit down and watch Rugrats. I've actually watched it with my yeah. son before. It's, it's just a really good show. And yeah. what I like about Stu is that like, I don't know. I feel like the show like portrays him as being like really dumb. Like none of his inventions ever work out, but he never stops trying. He like pursues his dreams constantly. That's what I love about him. And he has like little kids. Like you, you forget that they're probably kind of young. They're they're probably like our age, and they have all these little kids running around. Yeah, exactly. Because when when I think of like cartoon character dads. 
they just seem old to me still yeah. as an adult I'm like they Same. just seem old but they're probably all in like their like late 20s or early 30s yeah probably <laughs> what I think is so funny about that show though is they just like all t- they toss all their babies in the backyard or in that little baby gate thing and then they're just like that's they it do they're they just want. doing whatever they want <laughs> what a way like life would be a lot easier if you could just do that all the time <laughs> yeah uh, okay so you said that you like Gilmore Girls my next one is Luke Danes from Gilmore Girls oh good I did not even think about that but yes who is a very great father figure for Jesse who we talked about a little bit already but then doesn't he has a daughter right at one point doesn't he have a daughter yes right Yes, and she comes and lives with him, and she's, like, kind of nerdy and, like, smart and stuff, and they don't really relate, but then they then they end up having a relationship, I think. I don't know. I'm not – I have watched Gilmore Girls more than once, but – Yeah, but no, I'm, me too. But um, I'm not remembering now. But when you put me on the spot, I forget everything. <laughs> but I do feel like, like, for Jesse, he he's a really great father figure for Jesse, who was, a, you know, a troubled teen and – and Luke took him in and, and tried to help him. and Even later on with Rory, he's like a good father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good choice. Okay. This is your last one, right? Are we, yes. are we down to the end? Uh, have you seen Sleepless in Seattle? Yes. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So mm-hmm. Sam Baldwin, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. He is my top your number one. And I was talking to my husband last night about this, and he was like, Sam Baldwin from Sleepless in Seattle. And I was like, yes, because his wife, so his wife died. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, the, the, the movie starts out, you know, they're at the funeral, like, in Chicago, and and he's like, Mommy was sick. You know, she had cancer, and, and she died. And his son Jonah was just little, just, I don't know how old is he, like, eight, nine, ten. And so he's kind of navigating his own grief while also raising this boy, and seeing like how they go back and forth with their emotions and but at the same time he just loves his son so much so seeing them go through life after the mom dies i love him yeah well i don't think i've ever seen a movie with tom hanks in it that i didn't love like tom hanks is a phenomenal actor i think every movie he's ever in is is great even toy story Toy Story is really good too. Toy Story. <laughs> he, can't, he can do no wrong. He's amazing. Yeah. So my last one, I didn't save my best for last. I don't I don't even know who I think I would pick as my number one best. I don't know. But my last one is Uncle Jesse from Full House. So good. <laughs> because he's just okay. like, I feel like he's just like the epitome of 90s kids like having a crush on an adult on tv like everybody if you watched full house and you were a girl you had a crush on uncle jesse like i feel like everyone did did you oh yeah of course like, everyone did um and what i loved about him is like before he even was an actual dad before he married aunt becky and they had their kids he was such a great dad to the tanner girls you know they had um, their dad and then the two roommates that lived in the house with them and all of them were just kind of like co-dadding together right. and just and they all put their own like little like spin on like what it meant to be a father figure to those girls and 
of course, he was very musical, so he was always singing to them, and and I just, I just really like him. Yeah, all around, he was just all around a great dad and a father figure to the other girls too. He's yeah. cute and played music. Yep. And in that picture, he's got his backwards hat on. Oh, the backwards hat. Oh, if I go back over to Luke from Gilmore Girls, he also has a backwards hat. I, I cannot resist a backwards hat. <laughs> I really can't. Like you. My husband always wears backwards hats. <sighs> mine only. So mine, mine wears a hat every single day, but he very rarely turns it backwards. But when he does, I'm like, mm. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I just love it. But he knows, like I've revealed that I love it now. So now he's like. It's almost like he's like shy about <laughs> about doing a backwards hat around me. <laughs> I, I was too I was too aggressive about how much I like it, so now he's like, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I am so sorry that I have kept you on here for so long. It's been like almost two hours. I I intended this to be one hour, so. I better let you get back to your kids because you are also a very busy mom and have other things to do besides talking to me about fake dads all day. No, this is fun. And this is my, you know, on my podcast, I talk about doing things for yourself. This is something I'm doing for myself. This is my self-care. It's fun. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast and talking to me about all of these crazy silly things yes, and man, so much fun thank you for asking me to do this just from like talking about favorite tv dads too just reading about them <laughs> we've, hit, so much fun. we've hit the whole spectrum this has been a really great hangout <laughs> all right thank you so much kelly thank you for